Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's a great day to be a Tar Heel, huh, Wes? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Ready for the game today, baby. Oh, Go Heels! Man. Go Heels! Man, I'm glad I'm alive. That's all I can say about today. You know, I'm just glad to be above ground. Other than that, it's not going too well. My skin is itching really bad. Now I don't know fine. why. You My body's fine. just itching all over. It's nope. not used to this color being nope. on me. Nope, you look fine, Wes. In fact, it's actually kind of scary. Everybody, there were three people in the fishbowl that saw you put on the Tar Heel uniform. And all three of us said, you kind of look good in the Tar Heel blue. Well, I mean, you know, I look good in anything. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it just wasn't for me, this color. You know, unless it's on sneakers, that's the only time that I decide to... Uh, <laughs> omit the fact that they mm-hmm. might be UNC themed. I've had several pairs of UNC themed Jordans, but uh, never put on the jersey in my life. All right, so for those that don't know, here on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, for Street Turkeys, the signature giving event of Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, in order to help people maybe be a little more inclined to donate $100 or more. If you did that, if you donated $100 to our Street Turkeys event, then we would spin the random wheel of death, and it would give us a punishment to endure at some point. I had a drink a two-liter of orange soda. Don't think it played as well on radio as I was hoping for. <laughs> I knew it was going to get dicey, but just so everybody knows, I experienced the pain. I experienced the punishment all the People same. People enjoyed it on social media. I wore the B costume, so we got a couple of punishments out the way. We still have plenty more to get to. We're actually a little behind. But we're paying off one debt, and that's Wes wearing the full-on North Carolina basketball uniform with number 32 to boot, and he hates a couple players that wore 32. (laughs) Hello, Luke May. Really, hello, Rashad McCants, which might be one of the only things you have in common with Carolina fans, that you hate Rashad McCants. Uh And so he's got the number 32 UNC jersey on today to sport the heels as they play Duke tomorrow. I mean, I just can't even begin to tell you just how... You know, just this wretched piece of cloth that I have on my body. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, I didn't even think about the Luke May aspect until you said that. That makes it even worse because, like I said, I don't know which one uh, I dislike more because I respect it out of all the Tar Heels. I really respect the Rashad McCants game when he was he was in so north nice. carolina he, was, he was when he was at north carolina but you know luke may was the one i told you guys that you know when guys don't look like their numbers project it's like when you're watching him playing you're like how is this guy getting 20 and 10 he can't you know you're, you're looking at the game it doesn't look nba ish and so that was my thing with Luke May, man. Now, you know, all jokes aside, he was a big-time player. He made some huge plays at the at the University he of did. North Carolina. But, yeah, man, that, this, is not, uh, this is not good for me today. All right, so I'm looking at other players that wore 32. Fiddy, I don't know if you can come up with some at the top of the dome. Billy Cunningham sported number 32. His jersey's in the rafters. You, you also, know his nickname? 
Uh, yes, but I forget it. What is it? It's, uh, I'm going to be mad when you tell me. <clears throat> Kangaroo Kid. That's right. Um, Ed Davis, born number 32. Yep. Don't know. Yeah, Eddie, I remember Ed Davis. Probably wasn't. Huh? It probably didn't. I mean, he was a part he of the He was underwhelming, team. not as big as yeah. his billing coming out of high school. Uh, what about Pete Nance? Finney might hate you for that one. <laughs> 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 now, I've turned Finney against the heels today just for a split second by mentioning Pete Nance's name. Tell me if I'm wrong. Did Alex Stevenson wear 32 before he transferred back to USA? I'm, I'm awful with jersey numbers. Like I So sports trivia was my thing. I just that I was amazing at it. And probably getting older, probably a few beers in my life have killed some brain cells. And I think they came from the sports trivia part of my brain. But as that's happened, it, it doesn't matter. The Jersey numbers I was never great at. Like, I'll know some of the more prominent ones, of course. But I am not very good at being able to tell you, oh, yeah, he wore Jersey number blank. Hmm. Like, I'm not great at it. It's just one of my weakest things in the sports trivia field. So I did remember Ed Davis. I remember it because this is my Jersey. And so... It was a gift for me. You, and so, but when you got this, this belonged to McCants, right? It, yes, okay. correct. Yep, and it was a gift to me, and that was just the the number being sold. And I got that jersey that fits you still to this day, former. Just to show you, just <laughs> that Chubby Walker was a real thing. That was a real <laughs> tall Chubby Walker existed. It fits a former D one offensive lineman to this day. And I received that jersey in the seventh grade. I know Myron Goodman said on the text line, Wes, you look like an older Ed Davis uh, in that getter. <laughs> so there you go right there. He looks good. He looks like he hooped. All three of us said it. It was me, it was Fitty, and it was Drew who played college basketball. And it's like, no, nah, it doesn't look like you hoop at the Y. It looked like you actually used to maybe hoop for some official organized basketball team at the collegiate level. Yeah, man. And uh, for those out there, hit that follow button. Check it out. WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram at Wesson Walker on Twitter at West Bryant underscore 72 <laughs> at Walker Miller at HTB underscore Josh. And you can see it there. If you can't see it right now, pause what you're doing. Unless it's, you know, super important, like you're changing a diaper or something like that. We don't want you to stop doing that. But, uh, yeah, go hit that follow button and check out the video. A little transformation there for you. And hit that follow button, too, when you get there. And if you don't do it, if you forget when you first see it because you're so mesmerized by right. me in this get up, make sure you hit that follow button on your way out. Hit that follow button. Yeah, Wes is starting to feel this a little bit. I can sense it. He likes it. Uh, Antoine said, Wes looks like he's ready to go ball. Joey from Huntersville said, Wes, you can finally feel like a champion. Five for 12 said, Pete Chilcut? <laughs> Did he wear 32? Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, all right, we, we need. I know the name. I don't know the number. All right, we're, we're, we're pulling up to the scene. We're all having fun at the back of the bus. And I want people to research the North Carolina basketball players that have ever yeah, worn. Yeah, he did. He did. Number 32. So, and then w what player do we want West to represent today that wore 32? Is it Luke May, Ed Davis? Is it Pete Chilcutt? I want you to give your best answer. Player that wore 32 on the text line, 704-570-9610. I would advise the exact opposite of that. <laughs> I would say, please do not be kind to him. All right, let's pull up to the scene. Wes is ready to get off of the bus. Open up the doors, Mr. Fitty. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Goodman did say Alex Stevenson did wear number 32. I talk about 
all-time irrational love for a player, loved Stevenson. So did I. Loved him. And then the only the only transfer that went back to California, and I felt like I was cool with it because he was doing it for family reasons and goes back to USC, whereas the Ware Brothers, Larry Drew. Larry Drew, we don't love Larry Drew. We don't really love the Ware Brothers either because of how much they underperformed. But we got McCants, Billy Cunningham. We've mentioned all those players, so we can try to find the number 32 that Wes will represent today. Um, I did want to go back to what the Carolina Panthers did yesterday. They announced Dave Canales as the new head coach. He held an introductory press conference alongside Dan Morgan. But, Wes, we also have some other uh, press conferences that we can go to. The hiring cycle is over in the NFL. Every NFL vacancy is now full. Everybody has their head coach. Mike McDonald is the head coach of Seattle. That was named a couple of days ago. Dan Quinn becomes the head coach of Washington. I'll ask you, we can start with the best of all of the hires. Jim Harbaugh, we think is the best. Is that right? Or do you want to go somewhere else? As far as the success we think they'll have, et cetera, et cetera. You think Harbaugh is the best? Or have you changed your mind maybe a little bit? Uh, I think... I think I would go with Harbaugh, sure, because like I said, of the past success that he's had, he's got the quarterback, he's got a roster. They're going to have some decisions that they have to make, but we've seen Harbaugh with the with the right quarterback at his disposal and what that looked like, and it looked like three straight NFC championships and a Super Bowl appearance. So, you know, you'd have to go with Jim at this point because he's coming in with what every coach covets, and that's a franchise quarterback. Well, you were thinking long and hard about this, which uh, was the other answer that well, you had in mind. Well, I mean... You know, as far as fit, but it's just hard to get past how they do business. Can that change is the Raiders and Antonio Pierce. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he fits everything from an optic standpoint that the Raiders represent. And, I mean, as a 49er fan, obviously, they do not like the Raiders. But, I, you know, I've kind of always had a little thing for the Raiders because I just like the, 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 the gritty yeah. aspects of of Raiders culture and so you know you do want to see them good I think the NFL is much better when you have one of the flagship historic pedigree franchise being good franchise is and so uh you know I just like the way that looks but hopefully we'll see if it can translate to wins uh for the Raiders but I mean there, there was some nice hires made throughout this process yeah I one that I really like I love Dave Canales I think Jim Harbaugh is the best hire too I think just bringing him alongside Justin Herbert and it's it's not even like the Chargers have an amazing roster they have good players but we've talked about it before some of the good players that they have they're getting older and it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to continue to produce at the level they did last year going forward and so now they have some really interesting decisions to make but they do have the franchise QB and I'm really excited to see what Harbaugh does with Herbert I do like Dave Canales as a hire think it makes all the sense in the world it finally feels like they have some structure as long as David Tepper allows them to do their thing it looks like they have some structure the other move I really like after me raising my hand telling you I only want an offensive coach here in Carolina I'm going the opposite here Wes I've told you I really like Mike McDonald going to Seattle I think what he did with Baltimore was sensational I think, yeah, he's got great players. I think you also see him bring the most out of those players. Roquan Smith is playing better than he did at Chicago, and he was really good in Chicago. Fantastic. Yeah, he was all pro. No, in he Chicago. was. He was. Yeah. And I think now it's just like a no brainer. He's, you know, you're talking about him and I think Fred Warner, and I'd still have Warner. Don't get mad at me. I'd still have Warner number one. <laughs> but I do think Roquan Smith is playing at an elite level. And I'll also tell you, Mike McDonald turned Patrick Queen's trajectory around. 
around. Like he was somewhat of this bust label type of guy, sure, and sure. he and Roquan were excellent. Matt Ibuki, also somebody that came on strong this year, had a career year under Mike McDonald's tutelage. He says it's weird, like when you talk about the quarterback needing to know where everybody is on the field and what they're supposed to do. Middle linebacker defensively is supposed to be like that. Mike McDonald preached a message where everybody on the field knows what everybody is supposed to do. And I thought that was interesting. I heard that on the Mina Kimes podcast featuring Lenny talking about just that <laughs> notion and why there's there's Lenny. So I really like Mike McDonald going to a division where the Seahawks have just been beaten up by both the Rams and the 49ers and have not been able to figure out Shanahan or McVay. And McDonald has had success, small sample size, but had success against some of the best offenses. I really like that. Hire. No, that is that's a good hire for them. I'm I, I'm with you 100% because we said yesterday you worry about with the young quarterbacks can you keep the continuity, but with the veteran quarterbacks, a guy like Geno Smith, it doesn't matter. He's seen yep. it all, done it all. It'd take him a couple of weeks to pick up pretty much any offense because he's been around so many. So for them, the offensive the offensive coordinator position uh, is not the most vital like yeah they got to get a good one there's no doubt about that but Geno Smith is a guy who can adjust to pretty much any scheme and so now this allows him to be able to really focus on that defense and another thing defensive coaches always place priority on is the trenches and so we know offensive line has been an issue for the Seahawks for a while as well and so I'm sure that he's going to make sure up front that they're stout too well and and correct me if I'm wrong Fiddy you might be able to help me on this as well but is the Washington offensive coordinator from last year going to Seattle? Yeah, so Pro Football Talk tweeted out Alabama OC Ryan Grubb might already be heading back to Washington just a few weeks after leaving. He's under consideration to become the next offensive coordinator of Seattle, which is interesting. After going to Alabama first, now maybe going back to Washington, except at the professional ranks. And so could be an interesting hire there. Let's move on. Let's talk about this hire here in Carolina. Dave Canales. What should the offensive priorities be for Carolina and Dan Morgan because Dave Canales is the head coach? That's coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Rashawn McCant, special guest in studio. <laughs> McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. From Drum to Colin, folks, we might have a new research assistant. Because he just came in with all of the players that wore number 32 in North Carolina basketball history. I'm going to read all of the names. We're going to read every single one of them. Leonard Guys, Frank Redding, 
Bob Phillips, some great names. Jerry McCabe. There's Bob Cunningham. Lou Brown. Peppy Callahan. Callahan. Peppy. Billy Cunningham. Mark Merkin. Dave Chadwick. Crib. Daryl Elston. Tom Zalagaris. Eric Kenny. John Brownlee. Pete Chilcutt. Orlando Melendez. Probably my favorite name that I've seen. Rashad McCants. Alex Stevenson. Ed Davis. DJ Johnson. Luke May. Justin Pierce. And Fiddy's boy, Pete Nance. All of those players. <laughs> so, out of all the players that wore number 32, the one that really stuck out was Orlando Melendez. That's one I just remember as a guy that was... Uh, you remember Orlando Melendez? He was on the 2000... He was late... Uh, or, excuse me, early 2000, but like 2000, 2001. And then I think a 102, maybe he he managed to get to that year. That's what I remember, though. So, I'm st- I, I think Rashad McCants is the name. I think that's the guy that will be representing us. It's the Rashad McCanson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Did you like that, Fiddy? Did you y'all, the mic? Why did you bring the mic in? Did y'all watch the TikTok I sent y'all of Rashad McCants in our group chat the other night? Um, I, I did. I, I don't remember it right off the top. TikTok doesn't work, but that's right. if you got a chance, go back and watch it. I, I don't know how recent this interview was. I don't know what platform it was. But man was on there still talking wild about Roy Williams. Oh no, I didn't know again. Yes, and like it's- well, I'll say this: it does show you that Carolina fans have completely drowned him out now. Like they don't, we don't hear anything he has to say because, of course, when the incident happened and he started talking about what was going on or what he said was going on, then we had the backlash. Everybody hated him. But because this, I didn't see this clip go viral or anything like that. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how recent it was. I don't know how it ended up on my TikTok algorithm. But like, all of a sudden, I see Rashad McCants, and I'm like, of course, of course, what are you saying? And then he he starts going on about about Roy Williams, and I'm like, dude, it's it's been almost 20 years since you left. It's been 15 years since you turned your back. It's it's a tired act, bro. What what did he say? He just didn't like him, and he was just saying how bad of a coach he was. Or I'm not comfortable saying on the air. Oh wow, he was FCC violation stuff. No, it was just some uh, some insinuations about Roy Williams' character mm. that I'm not comfortable talking about on the air. Okay, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, I certainly am. I got you, Rashad. I got to go back and check that out. All right, so Rashad, I can't uh, challenging Roy with that. Interesting. Well, we can move on there if, if Fiddy's uncomfortable talking about it. <laughs> Sorry to make you uncomfortable, but oh no, you're good. I didn't see the video, and so we can just move on. We can talk about Dave Canales instead, shall we? I did go into the last break asking the question: What offensive pieces does Dan Morgan need to put on this team now that Dave Canales is the head coach? Brian wrote in. The easy answer is to make sure the offensive line is stout and has depth. Canales' job is to get the best out of Bryce. The best way to do that is to make sure he has time to let that superhuman processing work. I like that answer. I think the offensive line is a good one. I'll give you a couple more. One position I'll start with here, Wes. If you go back to Tampa Bay and you go back to Seattle, not to say that he can't do it with other styles of wide receiver, But you had some pretty big, tall, physical freaks on the outside at each stop. Mike Evans last season, which I don't think it should go unnoticed that Mike Evans, having already had a Hall of Fame career, 
Mike Evans was already celebrated coming into this season because he has the consecutive string of a thousand yard seasons. And it doesn't matter who his quarterback is. He's had to go through a decent amount of change at QB going from Tom, going to Tom Brady and now going to Baker Mayfield and st- with Baker Mayfield and Dave Canales. Mike Evans has one of his best seasons of his career, his Hall of Fame career. I don't think that should go unnoticed. And then you go to Seattle Wes, remember when everybody thought DK Metcalf was going to have a down year because Geno Smith was the starting QB? And so, yeah, you might just be able to lump this in with Geno Smith played a lot better. All the credit goes to Geno and the quarterback being fixed. But DK was somebody in fantasy football drafts that people would stay away from because, okay, now I don't know if he can do it without Russell Wilson, but he did. DK Metcalf was better. With Geno Smith than he was with Russell, like at least on a consistent basis. So I think maybe I'd be, yeah, draft the athletic freak, draft the first round wide receiver in Mike Evans, draft the second round. The only reason DK falls to the second round is because his agility score was pretty terrible in the combine. But I understand it's easier said than done. Oh, yeah, just go get the physical freak. But I do wonder, all right, Mingo not as tall as those guys. Can we can we get something out of Mingo to where he gets better, and he's not Evans, he's not Metcalf, but that's not what I'm expecting. But can you see Mingo develop? Can you get somebody else that is a bigger wide receiver on this Canales staff? I'd be interested to see what he can do with that type of player because of the physical receivers he's worked with in the past. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you look at the the players, again, in his track record. And so the development part of this guy, you know, you love it a lot. And all of these coaches have worked with different players, and we get it. You know, that's part of being an NFL coach. If you're not the head coach, you're definitely going to be – a position coach and things of that nature and work with some great players. But yeah, wide receiver development is also thought of as one of his fortes aside from being able to help quarterbacks uh, reach another level that maybe they didn't think that they could get to. So the Panthers have a young guy sitting right here and Jonathan Mingo that needs some more development that definitely needs to show this season that he can be a guy that the Panthers can count on. And so uh, I think that's going to be another task for uh, Dave Canales when he comes in here is not only to get the best out of Bryce Young, but to also see uh, what more they can get out of Jonathan Mingo. Another position I'd be interested in, like, okay, we just want to upgrade all of the offensive positions. And so I, I could just be listing all of the skill positions here. You can, you can, you know, charge me with that if you want, but Kate Otten had his best year under Dave Canales last season. It's a second season. So you could just chalk that up to natural progression, but I'm also really interested to see what he does with the tight end position here because of how he handled it in Seattle. He had a good talent in Noah Fant, who was drafted in the first round. He comes over in that Russell Wilson trade. So Noah Fant, it's not like he has a great year in 2022 when Dave Canales was the quarterback coach. Noah Fant goes for 486 yards, four touchdowns, and 50 receptions in 17 games played. Like, okay, you, you want more from a first-round tight end. But look at the other guys that were also kind of close to him in production. Will Disley in 15 games and Colby Parkinson in 17 games. 34 receptions for Disley, 27, 25, excuse me, for Parkinson. Over or almost 700 yards between the two. And then you had the 480 for Noah Fan. Like he used a bunch of different tight ends to get some production from that spot. And Wes, we saw Kate Otten become more a part of that offense as that Tampa year went on. I. Can Tommy be a breakout candidate? 
it feels a little Ian Thomasy with us asking this question all the time. Like, this is the year Thomas is going to have the breakout. Okay, no, this is the year. This is the year. And then it never happens. I don't, I don't think that's the same as Tommy. I think Tommy continued to show us some flashes, like even in what was a terrible offensive year this season. Plus, he doesn't have touch, uh, touchdown Tommy as a nickname for no reason, right? I, I would love for Tommy to have the breakout year and become a serviceable tight end. And even if you just give me K. Dotton numbers or even more than that, maybe can you get me 600? Can you get me 550? I wonder if that's something you can expect from a tight end that everybody was really high on. And Dave Canales has had success with that position in the past, too. Yeah, and so uh, I'm going to go in another direction as far as a guy that he could maybe get some more out of and create some things for him to be able to show what he can do. And uh, that's Miles Sanders. And I know that Panthers fans, you know, may have given up on him after that first season. But at the end of the day, you still gave him the contract that you gave him. Four years, $25.4 million. His base salary coming up this season is going to be uh, $4 million with a cap hit of seven point six. And so this is a guy you need to get something from. You can't just come in and leave him to the wayside and say, well, he wasn't that good last year, so whatever. No, Dave Canales and this offense, uh, especially if they can get this offensive line together, we know that Canales, Rashad White at the end of the season was a dual threat back, which was what we thought Miles was going to be coming in here this season. So maybe he can create some things and some scenarios to showcase Miles and what he can do. Because even though I wasn't the biggest fan of him coming in, didn't have a great season last year, that doesn't mean I think that he's absolute trash. I think that if you put him in some situations, he can make some plays for you. Yeah, people can say all day that playing in that Philadelphia offense, yeah, the box was light. He didn't have to necessarily go up against eight-man boxes on a regular basis, and he had some good insulation there as far as the players around him. But his production was still his production. And I think that maybe he won't get to maybe those levels again. But this is a guy that maybe Canales can come in and give a second life to here in Carolina and help him to have a bounce-back season. Yeah, I'm interested there, too, because I went back to Seattle to see what kind of pass catching the running backs did there. And it was pretty non-existent for them. And that, that makes sense based off of what Seattle's had in the past. I mean, when you think about their running game, I mean, for so long, it was Marshawn Lynch. And then it feels like they've tried to replace that and not been able to. Rashad Penny in the first round, always hurt. Kenneth Walker looks like he's good, but he's more of the, yeah, he can break a lot of tackles. Like, he breaks a ton, but I don't see him involved a lot in the passing game. Yeah, he's more of your traditional running back. Um, So I I am interested there. I had somebody write in on the text line, Kate Otten's numbers are virtually identical. I'm reaching with that Kate Otten stuff. I just look at what he did in the postseason when Baker Mayfield was trying to find somebody to throw it to, and it was Evans number one. But Kate Otten, in two games, had 154 yards. Big third down target for yep. Baker, especially in that game at Detroit. Yeah, so uh, I go into the postseason where Baker really used him in critical games, like you were looking at that tight end spot. I, that's fine. Like, maybe I'm reaching a little bit, but I, I think the postseason performances matter, especially with him still second year in the league for somebody like Kate Otten. We want 400. If I tell you right now, Tommy Tremble gives you 450 and four in the regular season next year, I might take it. I, maybe you want to see a little bit more of that ceiling, and I get you on that, but at least you would have a nice foundation there with 450 and four touchdowns. And we also believe that a tight end is a quarterback's best friend. It's it's you know it's their security blanket. It, it helped Tony Romo become a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
is Mahomes Mahomes not having Travis Kelsey to throw the ball to as a young quarterback yeah. in, in this league? Like, yeah. like you you need someone that on third and four you can just trust that isn't always Adam Thielen. Well, a tight end, a good tight end is going to be good for you. I think there have been some numbers that go against the idea that the tight end is the best QB's best friend. But also, like your point is still true. It would still be great to have a good receiving tight end for Bryce Young. Like that would matter a lot. And it would still be great for any of these QBs. And also just the way the league is trending now, I, I think we saw it this year more than ever, Wes. Tight ends, they're ready to ball right out of college. And that has not been true. It is really hard to find these guys come in and perform right away. Kyle Pitts, freak of nature, best combine warrior at the tight end position we've ever seen. Vernon Davis, the only one right there alongside him. Kyle Pitts gives you a thousand yards. But now you see Sam Laporta, you see Dalton Kincaid. They're not necessarily these brutes of the human being. They're a little bit more. You put them in the slot sometimes. You split them out wide. They don't have to be the traditional tight end you think of, but they still have that body type, and they're being involved a lot more. 33 overall pick. We had this scheduled for later, but I'll bring it up now. Does 33, that 33rd overall pick, have to go to offensive lineman or wide receiver or if there's a really good tight end, are you going to be mad at the Panthers for using that uh, selection on T? Uh, yeah, I would be. I think that first pick has got to be a position of utmost importance, and it's got to go to uh, the offensive line or the receiving position. Now, unless for some reason there's a pass rusher sitting there that you just absolutely feel like is going to be a, a dude, then, yeah, you can go that direction, too. But I think if it's outside of those three positions, uh, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, because coming into this draft, I'm not sure that there's that hybrid type of guy that can change life for you. Because the thing I said about the Panthers, too, that if you want to take this thing to the next level, you got to get players that create mismatches. And that's the thing that a lot of tight ends can do now because of the way they can run, because of their size, because of their ball skills. They're able to create mismatches. And that's what this offseason has to be about, the beginning of drafting guys who are going to be uh, mismatches for the defense. And so, uh, but none of this happens unless you get started up front. If there's a big-time tackle or guard, mainly a guard, but I – I would imagine you could take a guy at the tackle position and maybe you feel like you could move inside unless you're going to move Icky inside. Right, right. Um, but I think offensive line has got to be the answer there unless it's just completely devoid of a talent that you feel like can really come in and help you. Well, and, and so you going back, I agree with you, by the way. Like, I, I don't know if I'd be angry at it, but I certainly wouldn't do it. Because to me, a tight end for this offense with everything that they need as far as if you want to put together an offense – nuts and bolts from the bottom up to me that feels like a luxury pick well the, the way you justify it is if that tight end comes out and has a sam laporta type year yeah that's the way you justify it. but i mean that's a long shot even if you are seeing it happen more frequently it would still it would still need to be that type of season in order to justify passing on an offensive lineman or even a wide receiver and that's a lot of eggs in that basket that's a big old risk sam laporta dalton kincaid or bust most likely the bust is going to happen. So I agree with you. I think offensive line or wide receiver right now. Going back to Rashad White, just to your point real quickly, I'm with you. I, I've mentioned it a lot. Love Chuba Hubbard, what he did. Love Deontay Foreman, what he did the year prior. I love a dynamic running back that can actually go out there on third downs and put fear into the defense. And 
that didn't happen really with Chuba as a pass catcher. Not as much, and he got better. Like, I'm not trying to hate on him. He was good. That's just not his role. It's not who he is. Deontay Foreman, run between the tackles, break a couple tackles, fall forward. That stuff matters a ton in the red zone and on first and second down if you choose to run it. But I need somebody that can shake a linebacker out of their cleats and go pick up that first down, especially when they get the ball in their hands. And Rashad White was able to do that. How about with 64 receptions on 70 targets? Like if you threw to him, he was catching it. And it's not the biggest yards per reception at 8.6. But if Baker yeah, was throwing, but you'll take that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I'd like to see somebody that can go out there and put fear in the defense. Uh, on third down, on receiving downs. Feel free to text in and give us your thoughts. 704-570-9610. We'll continue to talk about the NFL draft. Dan Morgan did in his press conference yesterday when he was asked about the first round pick, not having one. If it was a priority to get back into the first round, he said, no, not really. It's not really that high of a priority. Should it be? We'll debate it. Coming up next, Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wes walked back into the studio. I don't know what he was doing, but he walked back in with a dejected look, a voice of depression, <laughs> saying, I just went out there and Ms. Hope thought I was a Carolina fan. That's, a, that's the best part about all of this is that people will see you and upon first impression, they will think, oh, man, that is a big Carolina fan. He's got the full jersey on yeah, today. Yeah, man. Yeah, they do it sucks. They, yeah, she thought, yep. And I had to tell a couple of people. I said, man, look, I said, this is not, uh, there's no fandom here, okay? This is a debt that is being paid. I know Fiddy was. get it twisted. I know Fiddy was mad that I forgot the jersey. But also, there was the time where he was just filling in for Mac and Bone because Flounder was out. And we couldn't do you wearing the jersey without Fitty. I am glad that we waited so long and then even made that decision at the beginning of the week for you to wear the jersey on the Friday before the Carolina Duke yes. game. Well, and the reason being is because now it's a little justifiable for any Heels fans or to dress up in a full uniform. And so now because of that, people aren't just going to immediately know, oh, he lost a bat. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, Duke yeah, this they weekend. They think I'm a real fan, hardcore <laughs> fan. They're like, yo, man, this guy's all in. He is wearing a full <laughs> uniform <laughs> set to work. This guy is ready to go for Saturday. That's exactly the perception <sighs> that's going yeah, on here. That's hilarious. I also want to bring this up, and I'm probably going to regret it, but I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up. You're wearing the uniform after Fitty told us earlier this week that he is one that might sleep in the nude. <laughs> Now, 
you're wearing his shorts, you're wearing my jersey. He did feel the need to confirm to both of us and really you. Yeah. Don't worry, Wes. I don't go commando when I wear shorts. Huh? So I don't know if you were worried about that at the beginning. I wasn't until he brought it up, but I am also glad. I, I do believe him. He is one to BS with us. But I do believe him. I do think he at least wears underwear when he wears those shorts. Yeah, you know, uh, that was not the thought here. The thought is just, let's get this thing over with. I'm going to be a good sport and uh, do what's asked of me. I did not think about any of those types of things. But Fiddy just has a way, man. His mind just goes to places that they shouldn't go. So he's going to bring to light some of the little details that you might not think about. Uh, when you put his shorts on, you know, that's just how uh, that's just how he rolls. Even the lady, you know, she just walked by, looked in the window and just looked like kind of. Yeah. Odd, like, Whoa, what's going on yeah, in there? Why yeah. is he wearing that? By the way, is there a reason you said little details that Fitty brings to the table? Uh, n- no, I did not. Okay. <laughs> I Go scratch yourself. <laughs> I just wanted to know. <laughs> I just wanted to know. There are questions that I have. Let's go to the text line. Um, we have a couple of Carolina comments, both Panthers and Tar Heels on the text line. We bring up Pete Nance because I feel like I don't even know how much you dislike him. I just think about you criticizing Pete Nance more than any other Tar Heel player last year. Uh, yeah, not his biggest fan. Remember him not getting a foul call in the first game led to a vicious argument between you and I. But Is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think I do barely remember that. Yeah, we got into it. Um, vicious. <laughs> but it's not even the, the guy before him that wore 32, Justin Pierce. I once yeah. referred to him on my podcast as a wounded duck trying to play basketball. That's not very good. <laughs> a wounded duck. Um, the reason we bring up Pete Nance is because the jersey number Wes is wearing is 32, and he is the latest Carolina player to wear number 32. And so because of that, Adam and Cornelia said, remember they brought up those lemon Oreos he was eating, and he started playing better mm-hmm. after getting his Michael's Secret stuff, which was just in the form of lemon Oreos. And then everybody started to eat them. We had a sleeve of lemon Oreos here in the studio. Pretty good. Pete Nance, good dessert taste. Wes, did you have a certain food you ate before you played for Wake? Uh, no, because uh, the meals were, uh, you know, you provided ate whatever for they gave us. You. That's so, what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they were good meals, so I wasn't complaining about anything that we got. We normally got a fairly light meal before games. It would either be chicken or steak. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with some veggies. Oh, I I love to like speaking of pregame meals. When I was playing middle school basketball at good old Riverbend Middle School, big shout to Catawba County, Catfish, you know it well. <laughs> big shout to Riverbend where we would play my seventh grade year. Of course, we did the thing where it was different parents' turns to bring in the pregame meal. So great. And you know what we were eating. We were eating dollar menu burgers from Wendy's. All right, we had Wendy's this go around. Now bring in some KFC snackers because those things were bomb. Oh, man. KFC <laughs> snackers were, were off the chain. And we had two of them because every child was a, worried that their parents were going to be the ones that didn't bring enough food. And so it's like, no, we got to bring in two snackers. Yeah. So we had two snackers <laughs> before we go out there. There's a reason. Our, our seventh grade year, we were terrible. We won one game against Tuttle on a last second three, and that was the only game that we won. Did wow. you have the Chick-fil-A catering trays when you were in middle school? Because that's when, like, that's how you knew your mom, like, she was, like, the favorite mom of the team. Because mm-hmm. one of my best friends, when he showed up with the Chick-fil-A, we, was, did, we didn't care about winning the game. We knew we were going to eat good before the game. Chick-fil-A, that's a good one. But it was all fast food. 
That was what it was at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that, we, that Subway. We uh we we didn't get anything before my middle school games, but uh in high school we used to eat at the Ryder Family Restaurant. The uh, the what? Family Ryder, the Ryder Family Restaurant okay. on the Ryder Road, okay. uh, near Vans, and then we would eat there. We would get a hamburger steak and some fries and a salad uh, with ranch, which I didn't like the ranch, so I would just skirt that off to the side. But then, you know, I guess statue of limitations is up. <laughs> but because my quarterback went to East Carolina, we had an ECU booster uh, hook us up, so we were eating at Longhorn uh, every week before our games my senior year. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did we? And you you can't get them now. You can't yeah, get them now. That's your limitations is up. Uh, they're going to take all your Wake Forest wins away because of that. Yeah, they just might. Yeah. Well, no, this was high school. Oh, they're going to take all of your high school wins. Well, they yeah, can take Wake them. Forest. It didn't amount to anything anyway, hardly. We well, didn't make the playoffs, so right. take what you want. Um, that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, take what the hell you want. And now he's coming clean. He, he had that yeah, on his man. chest for a long time. Yeah, we see good, though. It's a good little meal. 704 is right, by the way. 704 writes in, hey, fellas, I think the snack wrap is back from McDonald's. You are right, 704, and it is a glorious day because of it. Huge, huge snack wrap fan. Are you yeah, serious? you talked about that because Walker said that before. Uh, he brought up the snack wraps, and we talked about that. Fiddy is immediately going to Google to search. Because we bonded on correct. extra items that you would get. Hey, let's yeah. throw that to the text line. What are extra items you would get on top of your meal? Because KFC, the snackers, that used to always be a throw-in for Had me. to. Throw I me in a without, snacker. I, I couldn't leave yeah. without getting at least one I need snacker. a little something to eat on, on the drive back to where I'm going. Because, you know, you if, you if you're on the go, you can't sit there and open up the box and eat the KFC as you're driving. You got sides and a fork that you need to be able to eat it. So you got that snacker just to give you a little something on the ride back to wherever you're going. And then by the time you get back, then you can sit down and eat your food. Well, it took a while, but I eventually developed a system because I wasn't new to the game anymore. You develop a system when you order at Taco Bell and McDonald's, in my opinion, because McDonald's has a fantastic dollar menu. And so when you're going with the McChicken, even though I started to get away from the McChicken, me, a connoisseur of mayonnaise, it's the McChicken that I think makes people not like mayonnaise because they throw the whole jar yeah, on it. Yeah, you got to tell them. You say easy on a mayo. My, my theory is you don't dislike mayonnaise. You like the amount. You dislike the amount of mayonnaise on your sandwich. And so anyways, I think McChicken is the prime example of that. But you would have it down to a system because it can be overwhelming. You see all of these options on the dollar menu and you don't know what to get. And now you're waiting three minutes and there are people in the back waiting to get their order. They're honking at you. And I got full anxiety just thinking about it. Uh, just give me this. And then I leave. And I'm like, damn it. That's not what I wanted. Uh, Jordan from Durham says on a text line, he said, this one might not be relatable because I feel like no one goes to PDQ. You are wrong, my friend. But the PDQ zucchini fries are must add on. And I wanted to tell him, Jordan, you are not alone. I used to get them now. I thought at first they were somewhat healthy because it's zucchini, you know, but obviously it's fried. So mm -hmm. once I saw those nutrition details, I was like, eh, maybe not as healthy as I thought they were. But, Jordan, I'm with you for the longest. I used to go to PDQ and get a sandwich and zucchini fries. Um, we have people writing in, Trash Man says the cheese roll-ups at Taco Bell. See, I'll, I'll go somewhere different, but the cheese roll-ups are pretty good. I can't leave Taco Bell without just at least the chips and the cheese. Not the nachos, yeah. the chips and the cheese. No, I get that too. And and as far as a throw-in, to me at Taco Bell, the soft tacos or if you add a yes. crunchy, that's always a yeah. throw-in. Mm -hmm. I always me. get two. It's yeah. tough not to. Sometimes yeah. I eat them 
on their own, I'll get three uh, tacos or whatever. But sometimes, you know, you get a little something. You get some type of burrito. You might have to throw a little soft taco or crunch. Well, those grillers, those grillers are so good. Yeah. The Chipotle chicken grillers. <laughs> I got to get two of them. K. Will writes in the Mexi Melt. I feel you on that as well. 980 said McDonald's has a dollar menu. LOL. Like, yeah, right? Like, isn't it the... the Haven't they gone up a little bit to where the, the items aren't quite a dollar anymore? I, I haven't been in a while. And it's not because I've got any hate for McDonald's at all. I just don't really go there anymore. Uh, yeah, Mattin from Salisbury saying, a.k.a. the cheesy roll-up. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Oh, that's nuggets are always a good throw-in. To Wendy's, I used to do that a lot. I used to throw in the nuggets. When they had the 99-cent nuggets, the little four, I think yep. it was four or five, I used to throw that in, too. The chicken selects from McDonald's? You remember those? Yeah. McDonald's, man, just bring it all back. <laughs> Brilliant idea for McDonald's. Just bring a nostalgia Mickey D's to the table where you don't have any of the new items. Like maybe you can do some of the staples, the quarter pounder, the Big Mac, but just go with all the discontinued items or the ones that only make appearances like the McRib seasonally. Like just have a McDonald's where they, you got the McRib all year round. You got the selects. You got the snack wraps. You got it all going. Because I also, RIP to the cheesy double beef burrito from Taco Bell. That was my favorite. Do you ever throw in nuggets at Chick-fil-A? Yeah, but they're so small. They're so they're small. Expensive. They are expensive and they're small. <laughs> oh, they're so good, That's though. a key for a throw-in. It's yeah. got to so be kind of cheap, though. Now, I used to in college, no, like I said, when you were cheap. eating on that meal card, when we got that Chick-fil-A, I would get a sandwich and 12 nuggets early. That's my regular order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Arby's, the the sliders. I know nobody goes to Arby's like that. I, I Maybe I don't know. I do. Under, Ar- underrated I do like buffalo chicken sandwich. Yeah. Well, and even the buffalo, roast beef. buffalo chicken slider, roast beef and jalapeno slider. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Burger King doesn't really have any uh, throw-ins. I wouldn't know. Yeah, no, Burger King's sorry, like, I feel like that with that kind of disdain. I'm sorry. Don't, I'm sorry. don't flex on the Whopper I, like I that, man. Know. I wouldn't know. I'm they sorry. They got good fries, Whopper. I know the Burger King King is right behind me, staring into my soul, probably taking me to the nether region for saying that. But I'm sorry, Mr. Weird, Creepy Burger King man. <laughs> I don't go to your for restaurant. For my money, though, their double cheeseburger is hard to beat. That flame grill double cheeseburger, that's pretty good. I like burgers off the grill, but it feels like I'm eating the entire grill when I eat it. You must have had a bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a here. burger that tastes like a grill. Yeah. That thing would be going right back. Yeah, here's a, here's a charbroil grill. Oh, you mean burger? No, the, the actual grill. Here, we wrapped it up for you. That'll do it for the McDonald's and fat fast food segment on Wesson Walker. We'll move on and maybe talk a little bit more about that first round pick that Dan Morgan doesn't prioritize. We'll also get to the Campus Corner at 120 with a special edition of the Campus Corner. Marvin Williams, he joins us for North Carolina and Duke weekend. He'll talk about some of his favorite memories. He was a part of one for all of us Tar Heels fans. And so we'll talk to him again at 120. Weston Walker off and rolling. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. If you miss Kyle Bailey.